occasion several years ago to meet a fellow who was dying of cancer. That's a sad situation whenever it happens. You all have no doubt had a similar occasion to see people in the last days of life. This fellow was dying from lung cancer. It came from a life of cigarette smoking, and he had only a few weeks or maybe a month or two left to live. He was on oxygen. A caretaker was with him around the clock. By his own admission, smoking had not been his only advice, his only vice. Smoking was not his only vice. But there was a silver lining to this story in that the man had recently become a Christian. When we talked, he explained why he had become a Christian. He said it was because of his mother-in-law. He said, if I ever met someone who really lived what they believed, it was my mother-in-law. And so he credited her with having changed him and leading to his conversion. And it was a wonderful story. His problem, as he went on to describe, had always been hypocrites. And he used them for an excuse for not becoming a Christian. He, of course, is not alone in that either. People look to those who call themselves Christians and they see hypocrites. And so those hypocrites, they say, keep them from serving God. In the case of the man I was just describing, he was lucky. He met a sincere Christian who changed his thinking. Unfortunately, lots of others don't. They see these hypocrites in the church. They never come personally acquainted with someone that they believe is genuine and sincere. So they let, the, they let hypocrites keep them from becoming a Christian. We want to talk about hypocrites today. We might ask the question, are there any hypocrites in the church? And the answer to that would be yes, indeed. Unfortunately, yes, there are. Do they do hypocrites hurt the cause of the church in the world today? And the answer would be absolutely. They certainly do. Hypocrites do great amounts of harm. But I'm convinced that a lot of folks are using hypocrites simply as an excuse. And in using hypocrites that way, they themselves unknowingly, I think, become hypocritical. And so today, for a few minutes, what we want to talk about is hypocrites. And we want to see if we can correctly identify who they are. And maybe by identifying them, we can see that certainly we should not use them as an excuse to keep us from doing what we ought to do. Before we get further into that study, I'll stop here for just a minute to say thanks to all who are present. We have several visitors today. And we're always grateful for our visitors. Glad you came. Why don't you come back? A lot of our own folks are, are traveling on this uh, long weekend. And so we're especially glad to have others coming and uh, make up that number. We're glad for our visitors. We thank you for being here. As always, we're open to your questions, and if you'd like to study more uh, about Bible things, all you have to do is say a word, and we'd be glad to accommodate you in that. Let's talk about hypocrisy. You might notice on the chart up here, we show uh, sort of the old masks that actors wore. And uh, that is there for a reason, because we understand that that is underlying the meaning of the word hypocrites. Vine says in his uh, explanation of Bible words, he says that the word hypocrite primarily denotes one who answers, then a stage actor. It was common for Greek and Roman actors to speak in large masks with even mechanical devices for augmenting the force of their voice. Hence, the word became used to, metaphorically of a dissimilar, a hypocrite. And so the idea literally is the idea of wearing a mask. And so you're putting forward a false front. If I'm wearing and speaking from behind this mask, you don't see me for who I really am. I'm 
pre pretending to be someone else. And so that very literally is the idea of a hypocrite, one who wears a mask or puts forward a false uh, impression of who he really is. Now, with that idea in mind, I'd just like to do two things. First of all, let's talk about who hypocrites are not. In other words, does this, does this, does this description fit certain people or not? First of all, we would say a hypocrite is not simply a Christian who sins. Christians sin. We know that. And we accept that as a reality. I had a cousin who was a Navy pilot. Uh, he's long since retired from that. But he was one of those guys who landed airplanes on aircraft carriers. And I, it's, it's hard for me to quite imagine a more daunting task than to take this airplane and land it on that moving target. No, it's the plane's moving, that target's moving, uh, and you've got to land it there in a very short space. And I asked him, his name was Andy, and I asked my cousin Andy, I said, uh, have you ever missed? <laughs> you know? And he, he chuckled at the question, and he said, in, among Navy pilots, that, by the way, I think they call that when you miss the hook as you're trying to land on aircraft, they call that a bolter. And I asked him if he'd ever done that, and he laughed, and he said, yes, he says, there's two kinds of pilots in the Navy. There are those who have missed, and there are those who will miss. And the point of that was everybody misses sometimes. You have to power up and go around and try a second time. Well, we might say that about Christians. Are there Christians who sin? Yes. There are those who have and will, and that's a reality. Uh, we accept that. We're not denying that. Christians sin. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, Verse 8, John says, if we say that we have no sin, notice John is including himself. The Apostle John includes himself. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So it's very clear that Christians sins, Christians do sin, but that is not the, the, the definition of a hypocrite. Uh, what about a Christian who's just weak, who struggles, who's not, getting, not doing very well spiritually? Well, like other areas, Christ, being a Christian is a thing that you grow in. It requires development, and we seek to become more and more spiritually mature. But there certainly are those who, as Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 14, beginning verse 1, those who are weak in the faith. It is possible to be weak in first. Uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Do you get the idea that there are some who are weak and feeble, and, and we need to be patient with them? And so just a Christian who has points of weakness that he's still trying to overcome, that doesn't make him a hypocrite. And a hypocrite is not necessarily someone who has fallen away from the faith. People fall away. I don't know about you, but I've always admired people who can play the guitar. We've got some of you all here who are able to play the guitar. I always want, man, I always want to play the guitar. And so, uh, one time I went out and bought a book, and it had a tape and a pick, and I was going to learn to play the guitar. I think the title of the book was Guitar Playing Made Simple for the Musically Inept. And I thought, man, that's me. Uh, you know, that, that identifies me exactly. I, I can surely learn to play the guitar following this guideline. Well, I tried that for maybe a week, and I quit. So I'm a quitter. I'm a guitar-playing quitter. You can't judge all guitar players by me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the stereotypical guitar player. Don't judge them by me just because I quit, right? 
Well, we'd say the same thing about those who leave the Lord. Yes, people leave the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6, beginning verse 4, it says, It's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again into repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Notice, they, w- they might fall away. He's talking about people who have tasted the heavenly gift, partakers of the Holy Ghost, tasted the good word, and they fall away. So do Christians fall away sometimes? Yes, we hate it when that happens, but it does happen. But that's not the definition of a hypocrite either. So a hypocrite is not someone who calls himself a Christian, but who is guilty of sin from time to time, who may be weak in certain areas, still trying to grow in those things. and, And although it's a terrible thing with spiritual consequences in eternity, just a Christian who falls away is not even the definition of a hypocrite. One more thing we might add there. A hypocrite is not someone who may change his view on a point. My guess is if we went around the room this morning, we would find people who have changed their position on a number of different topics, the scriptural, biblical, religious topics, and you've changed your mind. That doesn't make you a hypocrite because you changed your mind. We've just recently in our Sunday morning class talked about Apollos in Acts chapter 18, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded to him the way of the Lord more perfectly. Well, was Apollos a hypocrite? I mean, he came there teaching one thing and left teaching something different. Did that make him a hypocrite? No, he learned the way of God more perfectly, and so he changed. That certainly is not hypocrisy. He was desirous of doing what we all should do, that is, as described in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, be diligent, present yourself unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. We need to handle accurately the word of truth, and that is nothing to be ashamed in if that means that we change a position when we find out that we have been wrong. Now, none of those things that we just mentioned quickly constitute a hypocrite. Now, they all, uh, some of these things are pretty serious. It's serious when we sin. It's serious if we have a moral weakness. It's serious, certainly, if we fall away from the Lord. Those things are serious. We're not diminishing the, the seriousness of that, but that's not what a hypocrite is. Certainly, a hypocrite is not just someone who changes his view. That might be the right thing to do in, in, in many instances. So, who is a hypocrite? Well, I think the Bible identifies that very clearly, and we'll walk quickly through this, but several places where we see hypocrites identified. First of all, a hypocrite is someone who does their religious deeds to be seen of men. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 2, Jesus was teaching, and he said, Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So here's someone who wanted to be seen so bad that they'd sound a trumpet, literally, before they worded their prayers. Or, excuse me, before uh, they gave their alms. The first, the first is giving alms, that is, gifts to the poor. So that before they dole out a little money to a poor person, they'd literally have someone announce it so that everybody could see them doing it. And he goes on, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. 
Moreover, he says, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So here clearly, notice he uses the word three times, hypocrites, who want people to see them giving money to the poor, who want people to hear them when they say their long prayers, who want people to know when they've been fasting, and so they make it obvious in their appearance. In all of those things, they're doing it to be seen of men. Uh, and by the way, uh, Jesus said, if that's what they're after, when they get that, then that's all the reward they can expect. They have their reward. They were seen of men. You know, by the way, we might point out here uh, that this is not saying that if someone identifies us as a Christian because of the way we live, they see the way we live and they identify us as a Christian, that's not being a hypocrite. Doing it for that purpose, with that motive in mind to be praised of men, that's what Jesus is condemning as hypocritical here. But in Matthew chapter 5, same sermon, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Let your light so, so, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we're living right, people will see it. But that's not our motive in doing that. But we ought, it ought to be apparent, if people see the way we live, that we're living for the Lord. But when we do our religious deeds to be seen of men, and that is our motive, Jesus said, that's hypocrisy. It's also hypocritical to apply God's laws to others, but not to oneself. I think we're probably all tempted to do this from time to time. Maybe you hear a lesson uh, or study some Bible subject and, you, and your first reaction is to think how it applies to everybody else and not to think about how it applies to you. And we've got to be careful about that. Again, from the Sermon on the Mount, the very familiar section there in Matthew 7, beginning verse five or 3, rather, When thou beholdest the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye, how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye? Behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Do you get this? This is the section we have to deal with pretty often when Jesus was talking about judging. Verse 1 there, you remember, just before this explanation. Verse 1, judge not, be not judged. Well, this is the kind of judging that Jesus was condemning there, this hypocritical judging. Here I've got this tremendous fault in my own life, but I'm not taking care of that. I'm trying to correct a, a fault in someone else. And Jesus here even classically emphasizes that by saying, here's a guy with a beam in his eye, and he's trying to get a speck out of his brother's eye. And so Jesus said, again, notice he used the word. Jesus said it is being a hypocrite to try and apply biblical principles to others, but not to myself. We all got to be careful about that, right? That is hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy to elevate man's laws over God's laws. In the text that Henry read for us earlier from Matthew chapter 15, Jesus rebuked the Jews. He said, God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, so God's law was clear. You're supposed to honor and respect your parents, take care of them as they have need. But the Jews did this. He says, Ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. Now let's explain that for a minute. Here I am, and I've got elderly parents, and they're in bad shape, and they need my help. 
But the Jews had made this rule that if I devote all my possessions to the Lord, that's what it means when he says it is a gift, or some versions say it's korban. It's a gift. I've div- I, I, I'm sorry, Mom, Dad, I can't help you because everything I've got, I've made devoted to the Lord. Now, the guy still had it. He still used it to his own benefit. But he said, it's a, it's a consecrated thing. I can't give it to you. Now, that was clearly contrary to the law of God, but that's how they got around their responsibility to care for their needy parents. And notice what Jesus goes on to say. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth and eyes with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so Jesus said, it's a hypocritical thing when you come up with your own rules to supplant God's law and then excuse yourself from doing what you're supposed to do. And so again, we would say that when people elevate their human rules over God's law, that's hypocrisy. There's a lot of that going around, right? Certainly we see lots of evidence of that very thing uh, in the world today. It's a hypocritical thing to say one thing but mean something else. Now again, we're trying to get a handle on what real hypocrisy is, not as the word is loosely used by people today. How is the word used in the Scripture? Well, you're a hypocrite if you do your deeds to be seen of men, apply God's laws to others, not self, elevate a man's rules over God's law. It's also hypocrisy to say one thing when you really mean something different. Here's an example of that. In Matthew 22, beginning verse 15, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? There's the word again. Who's Jesus calling a hypocrite here? Well, did you notice how these people came to Jesus? And they didn't mean what they said, right? They praised him as their ma- as master. We know you are true. You teach the way of God. You don't care for men. You regard us not the person of men. In other words, they praised Jesus and they didn't mean it. And they were just using those words to try and entrap him. And Jesus said it was hypocrisy. Well... Uh, I think that we can see that same thing in people today. Say one thing and mean another. Hypocrites are like that. And you can't trust their words to be genuine or sincere. That is hypocrisy for sure. A hypocrite is someone who doesn't allow his religion to impact his daily life. You know, if, if, if I were to stand up here and pronounce to you today that I'm on a, a new diet and exercise regimen... But then, after services, we went out and you saw me eating at a buffet, one of those all-you-can-eat things, and you know that I haven't gotten off the couch all week long to do any bit of exercise. Well, you would say, well, he doesn't really mean what he says. He says one thing, but he does something absolutely different, right? Well, that's the way, that's what we're talking about here concerning our religion. We claim we're Christians. We claim that this is our religion, that we are servants of the Lord, that we are devoted to doing the will of God in our lives. We make a claim of that, but we don't show it in our daily lives. We see an example of this in Matthew 23, verse 14. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, 
For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. There's our word again. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in every instance that we've cited where the word is being used, did you notice who's using the word? Jesus is the one who condemned hypocrisy over and over again. And in this instance, he was condemning the scribes and Pharisees because they would really make a great pretense of being godly people. And again, he emphasized their pretentious, the pretense of their long prayers. They really wanted to make a show. But in practice, they would even go around and embezzle money from widows. He says, you make a pretense with these long prayers, but you devour widows' houses. And in that expression, what Jesus was saying, these Jewish rulers would go around and even embezzle money from the poorest people of the day, the widows who had no way to support themselves. They would take money from them. And so they were a classic example, again, of someone who was not allowing their religion to impact their day-by-day living. We've got to be careful of that. Could we be a hypocrite in that sense? Absolutely. And we've got to be on guard. A hypocrite is someone who selectively obeys God's law, picks and chooses the parts of it he wants to keep and ignores other parts of it. Mentioning, I mentioned just a minute ago about going to a buffet for a meal. Uh, we've all had that experience, obviously. When you go to a buffet, what you do is you pick out of it the things that you like and you leave the other stuff behind. I could imagine Monty going to the buffet, and I, I know what he's going to not go to is those green vegetables, Tina. He's not going to get any of those green vegetables. That broccoli is under no threat from Monty at the buffet table. So he can, he can pick and choose what he likes, right, at the buffet. We all do that. And some people want their religion to be that way, but Jesus actually said if you view your religion that way, if you practice your religion that way, it is a form of hypocrisy. In Matthew 23, 23, we studied this verse just recently. We'll just mention it again here briefly. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. There's our word. What were they doing? You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and you've omitted the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Just to mention briefly here, they, the Jews very much were in favor of the tithing law, so they did it meticulously, but other matters of the law weren't so apparently important to them and so they like to omit judgment, mercy, and faith. Jesus said you need to do it all. You can't pick and choose what you like. Uh, that is a certain form of hypocrisy. A hypocrite is someone who's careful about outward form, but rotten within. In that Matthew 23, really a whole chapter there where Jesus was describing the hypocrisy of, of the scribes and Pharisees, this is a very graphic kind of picture painted in your mind as you read the words of Jesus. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. There's our word. For you clean, you may clean the outside of the cup and platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Now stop a minute and think about it. Say you went to someone's house for a meal, and they, they, here they come carrying out a tray full of food, and all, for all you can see, nice clean plates and silverware and everything. But when they sit it down on the table, in other words, you saw, you just saw the outside of the cup and saucer. When they set it down on the table, you looked in there and it's clear that these dishes haven't been washed in who knows when. And there's all kinds of cruddy old corrupted food in there. How appetizing would that be? Well, Jesus said that's the way a hypocrite is. He makes himself look nice on the outside, but inside he is corrupt and rotten. 
Very easy picture to see. He, he says, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are likened to whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. As we understand this, because the Jews were warned not to come in contact with a dead body lest they become unclean, when they buried someone in these sepulchers, they would whitewash the outside of the sepulchers so that they look nice, uh, maybe even decorate or ornament them in some way, but they would certainly whitewash the outside of the sepulchers so that no one would go in there unknowingly, right? So the whitewashed sepulcher was sort of a warning sign, don't go in because there's dead corpses inside. And Jesus said that the scribes and Pharisees were like that. They looked nice on the outside like a whitewashed sepulcher. Inside were rotting corpses. And Jesus said that's the way they were. And so, again, a hypocrite clearly is someone careful about outward form, but actually really rotten inside. And then, a hypocrite is someone who criticizes others for doing the same thing that he is doing. Matthew 23, and again in that long chapter, in which Jesus describes the Pharisees and hypocrites. He calls them hypocrites over and again. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye being witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. You get the idea of what Jesus is describing there? The Jews of his day said, oh, man, we can't believe what our forefathers did when they persecuted the prophets. Well, I'll oh, tell you, that was a terrible thing they did. If we'd have been living back in those days, we would have never participated in that with them. We wouldn't have been like them. Now, what was the, the reality? Jesus said, you're actually making testimony against yourself because they were in the very process of doing exactly the same thing, Right? In their persecution and rejection of Jesus, they were doing just as their forefathers had done. So, here they were criticizing their forefathers for persecuting Christians. Oh, we would have never done that. When they, in fact, were doing it themselves. And so they were critical, critical of others for the very things that they were guilty of themselves. Is that ever a problem? I think so. I think even in the church we see instances of this where people will criticize others of the very thing they're guilty of themselves. Uh, I'll give you an example that I've seen over and over again. One of, the one of the criticisms that comes from time to time to the church is, they're just so unfriendly. Well, is the church unfriendly? Maybe so. I mean, there's certainly that possibility. We want to work hard not to be unfriendly. You know? I think it's very important for us to be a friendly church. I think we're doing that. I think, but certainly we can improve in that. Nobody's saying we have made it all the way. We can certainly improve. But you know what I have found over the years? That the people who criticize the church is unfriendly are themselves among some of the most unfriendly people I've ever met. And so, what would you call that? I think you'd have to call that hypocrisy, right? Criticizing others for doing the same thing that you are doing. Well, there, I hope you agree, is a pretty thorough listing of a true description of what a hypocrite is. And... By the way, Jesus is the one who gave us those definitions. Do you see it? And so by the very words of Jesus, we know who a hypocrite is. Uh, are there hypocrites? Absolutely yes. Do they cause great harm? Certainly so. 
And we need to be careful about that because in Luke chapter 12, verse 1, Jesus said hypocrisy can spread rapidly. Jesus, Luke 12, verse 1, Jesus began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You know, we understand how leaven works and spreads uh, in, in, uh, in a bread dough or something of that nature. It spreads throughout it all. Jesus said hypocrisy is like leaven, and if, not, and if we're not careful, it can spread. So we've got to be careful. Uh, it, it is a real threat. But back to what we said at the start. What about the idea of using the hypocrites in the church as an excuse for me not to do what I should do? Well, it doesn't work, does it? Certainly there are hypocrites in the church. But what does that have to do with me and my relationship with God? Why should I let someone who's not living right keep me from doing what God has asked me to do? One time years ago, I heard someone describe, I thought it was kind of an interesting way to think of it in your mind. If I let the hypocrite come between me and God, in other words, if you try to picture that in your mind, I don't know if you can or not. Here's God, here's me. But I let the hypocrite come between me and God. Let the hypocrite keep me from doing what God says I should do. That person said, if you picture that that way, the hypocrite is actually closer to God than you are, right? If he's between you and God, he's closer to God than you are. Well, we don't want that, right? For sure. It's a wrong excuse. Hypocrisy has always been a problem. We're not denying that. And there's certain, it's, it continues to be a problem, something we've always got to be on guard against. But don't let the idea that someone else is not living right keep you from doing what God wants you to do. That's our main message. If you're not a Christian yet, we hope you'll become one. Upon hearing God's truth and believing it, will you repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be baptized for the remission of sins? Uh, don't let anything keep you from doing that. If you're a Christian already, but you've not been faithful. And maybe someone has acted hypocritically towards you, and that's been a problem that you haven't been able to come. overcome that now. Uh, don't let that person keep you from being right with your God. If, if we can pray with you and for you, we'd be glad to do that. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song. Oh, you wonder so far from his friends, some today, here we are, the boys,